This is Biz, and if hosting One Bad Mother for over 10 years has taught me anything, it's that parenting is hard and nobody gives a shit. So belly up to the low bar, where fine is good enough and you'll never feel alone. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, an engineer, filmmaker, triathlete, and a comedian walked into a bar. We talked to Anu Vyadanathan about being all of these and more. Welcome, Anu. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very excited and flattered. Oh, yes. yeah. Days are rare and few <laughs> and far between, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get into learning about it, I have questions about all the things that I just listed there. Who lives in your house? So I live with two pressure cookers, actual pressure cookers, because South Indian women are born to cook and uh, reproduce, and uh, two (laughs) children. (laughs) Okay. All right. I wasn't sure if we were referring to the pressure cooker being a actual pressure cooker, Mm -hmm. your children, or your uterus. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I didn't think about the uterus. Uh, These are literal pressure cookers, you know, ones that cook rice, lentils separately. And uh, yeah, my husband and uh, several dust mites, as uh, luck would have it. Yes, and we are very busy exterminating as we speak. That is relaxing. That sounds (laughs) relaxing on multiple levels. Oh, no. (laughs) You know, I'm Hindu, so I'm pagan, right? So I commune with animals, insects, some birds, and all human things. So, well, I was going to say, I'm sure as a, as a, Southerner raised with only uh, superstitions. It either means somebody's coming to visit, somebody's about to die, or your house is blessed. I don't know. <laughs> Got to be one of those. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we are complete fatalists. I think the sunshine you know, uh, requires another kind of Jungian darkness. Yeah, which we are. <laughs> well, that's perfect for parenting. Yes, absolutely. You have to be a fatalist. Otherwise, there is no good parenting. You know, it's like, uh, put that down or I'm going to die. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) That is 90% of it, isn't it? I'm just like, it's not about you. It's about me. (laughs) Stop doing that to me. (laughs) Always, always. So you're a former triathlete and engineer who turned comedian and mother. I love that line turned comedian and mother and you just finished in soho i mean in new york at the soho playhouse uh off-broadway venue in new york city your show that you had taken to edinburgh the yeah. edinburgh fringe called bc ad before children after diapers that's about as religious as i get as well and i actually understand wanting to become a comedian That makes total sense. But engineering and triathlete seem crazy to me. So, like, talk to me about your many lives. See, I started out as a nerd, right? Yeah. Um, Even before I thought about procreation, I was thinking about physics and, uh, you know, permutation combination of all kinds of mathematical concepts that nobody would understand. And... (laughs) And I was good at it. And my mom's a chemistry major, right? She said, you know what? I've done the hard miles. Uh, don't feel pressured. If you want to study cooking, I think that would be a very good alternative. And I said, no, mom. <laughs> <laughs> no cooking like, no. for me. <laughs> yeah. 
So I was like, no, I'm going to stick forks and toasters and see what happens. If there's an explosion, I will tell you. And uh, yeah, very good. Being the mom she is, uh, she was like, yeah, sure. You know what? And, and you know, <laughs> she's, she's a very curious woman because, you know, she's the kind that doesn't need to shout to get her point across. She's very, you know, one of those understated. <laughs> under- no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, now, now, welcome to my family. And uh, all the women have a way of getting their stuff done, you know, without, you know, uh, ever getting getting the men to agree or disagree and then you know make it all look like it's their idea and uh, <laughs> when it came to engineering my dad wasn't um, he wasn't actively in the way or anything but when I went to grad school for example he definitely had lots of you know second thoughts about what I was doing or how I was pursuing it or the fact that we were all tomboys and my mom always <laughs> said you know, it's her life you know let her do what she wants and so I'm very grateful to her for that and and the sport came about because, you know, we were in a very misogynistic time for women engineers. Yeah. Went to Purdue University in, uh, you know, the Midwestern United States, you know, it's a, it's the middle of nowhere, right? I mean, I had a bigger social life in India than I ever did in Indiana. And yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. And yeah. there were five women in a graduating class of 150, you know, and I am coming yeah. in as a yeah, first time international scholar. Uh, I have no peers that know what my background is or you know what my pressures might be like finances were always a big pressure so to survive that the inequity of the classroom ratio because in India actually we seem to be far more liberal you know in terms of the women engineers you know we had 60 40 as a ratio in engineering school versus in the U.S. first world uh, yeah 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 yeah. we have not quite nailed it at all in multiple ways (laughs) so yeah Okay, you know, I'm just going to run and um, keep my head above the water because there was a lot of pressure yeah. and um, not all of it was good, you know, and um, yeah, that's, that's the genesis of the sport. And in doing the running, I figured that I have other parts to my anatomy. You know, I have a whole rib cage, you know, I have two full collarbones. Wow. You know, bones. Yeah, I was a very chubby kid. So, you know, to make these discoveries was quite a, a journey. And I said, all right, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Let's keep going. You know, I can fit into everything now. So it's good. But that's also an area that is, has historically been more male dominated, being a triathlete, being an Ironman. I mean, it's Ironman. And like, it, like, that's what the, that marathon is. And you, you won it. I I raced a lot. I don't know if I won anything uh, worth mentioning. You know, maybe this obscure race in New Zealand nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. Where you actually compete against very tough-headed nuts, you know. And the yeah. only thing you get is a wine bottle and a towel. And then you think to yourself, why the hell am I doing How this? did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? I can buy this bottle. I don't have yeah. to buy <laughs> In fact, <laughs> this isn't even going to make me feel yeah. good after this race. <laughs> yeah. And the towel was not a Turkish towel, so I was very pissed. Uh, oh, yeah. And that's just garbage towel. And then you chose comedy, which I don't know if you know this. Also, a lot of sexism in that. And the ratio has gotten a lot better. But, like, it's it's a fascinating series of challenges you have posed for yourself. And I love it. And I wonder, like, I'm thinking about your dad kind of second guessing questioning when you went to grad school and then I'm like oh but would they have done so if you had been like I'm gonna start out as a comedian like yeah (laughs) 
You know, I think my dad's misgivings were more around the fact that I was a woman alone, you know, and he's oh. this kind of person, yeah, that needs to sort of know. And, you know, I don't think any of my choices have given my parents any assurance of my sanity. You know, everything yes. I choose, you know, it's further and further <laughs> away from anything they know or is familiar to them. And in terms of, if I'd started with comedy, I think my father would have been fine because he was a... I think he was a child of circumstances. You know, he was born in pre-independence India, you know, in a very poor family. And he really had to work very, very hard to get out of that situation, you know. And I think one of the ways in which he he coped used to be, you know, his great love for drama, you know, the spoken word. He was an amateur actor. So I don't think, you know, I think it would have been another thing that he would have been concerned about because it's not an earning profession in my country right. at, at the time, at least. Now it is. But I think... he would have been equally concerned no matter what i chose i think it's more right. that post mortem is always easier right then you understand i think the first time you have a child is when you really appreciate how much shit you've given your own parents you know yeah so i the flip side is of course you know we are in a very we are from a very patriarchal misogynistic society you know south india is a little bit different because you know we choose to educate our daughters and we are very literate you know i think the darkness yeah. increases as you go north but I feel like um it does it really does yeah 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 maybe south indian women yeah maybe our, our mothers dropped us on our heads you know as babies yeah. as a stress relief mechanism so we just said all right i i want to climb that tree i'm going to kick this boy in the shins you know so yeah. i just that's where the psychology like uh, starts you know i love it but okay so but then you have your own kids yes. so i know for me it came as a real shock hey that they were living in my house and that i like like the role a variety of things that mm. i think i was surprised i'd have feelings about i mean i'm still having the feelings i'm still dealing with all the feelings and it's like the lack of sleep it's we, we always joke that like you never recover the tired your yeah. tired bar just becomes a new at a new level right yeah. like you're never going to like even if you sleep for a week it's not like you're resetting to 20 <laughs> like 22 or whatever you're just older and yeah. tired yeah. which is great that's the name of my memoir older and tired the bezella <laughs> story what was it like for you especially to have gone from, like when did the comedy come in in relation to the kids i mean because you're also a filmmaker and a writer you know the to be creating mm-hmm. artistically mm-hmm. as well as physically and those don't go together sometimes yeah i i couldn't agree with you more i think uh, first of all i never thought i'd get married let me just put it out yeah. there, you know i'm a very singular i'm a very individualistic woman let me say it that mm-hmm. way because i think i grew up in in america in my teenage years right so they the midwest has many misgivings as i have about them uh, they also instilled in me this extremely deep work ethic right and yeah. and so i was always all about my work and my the next step and i have had a very big career woman for a mom you know she's not I mean she's not uh, on Instagram and famous but you know she really knew her stuff you know and she really yeah. made a path for herself I mean her family was even was was indeed misogynistic they would not let her study you know they would not let her study she had a lot of problems overcoming that you know because her father uh, was very ill very young etc etc so she has faced a lot that I never would see you know in terms right. of the marriage misogyny but So getting married was the first big surprise that I would ever ever fall in love with someone who <laughs> saw me as a complete human being, you know, was a Yeah. Uh, it was it was a blessing, you know, but I think I got to stop cuz yeah. that is a 
fascinating thing to say, and it's so true. And I, I mean, you found who knew that you would find somebody who saw you as a complete human being? And I think we take for granted that that's a given, and you can get into relationships and really realize that that's that's not the case. You're seen as you know, a breeder or a supporting role. I, I mean, you can be seen in a variety of ways, but a whole picture, a whole person, surprise. Yeah. I mean, none of this should be like such a shocking thing. And it's irritating yeah. that it is. But I think it's a really strong way to say it. It sucks that we have to even be like, Wow, you got seen as a whole person? Whoa! Yeah, just the one boob is both boobs, right? And, and the uterus and the collarbone and the cheekbones. You know, like I just wanted us to all stop and focus on that little bit of joy and sadness all at once. <laughs> Although I must give you I, I must give you a little bit of you know internal insight, which is that uh, <clears throat> I don't ever think he asked me to marry him. We just oh. got married. Of the just said- <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Yeah, yeah. No, but yes, he see, I think he had seen his mother's aspirations be crushed, you know, in a way mm. that he probably didn't expect to affect him. Yeah. And so when it came to my career or my possibilities in life, I mean, I, I should say, as much as the man drives me absolutely batty, you know, on many <laughs> occasions, uh, he is someone who is ultimately the wind beneath my wings because there is no there is no taking away from that. You know, we can keep beating on our chest about being feminists. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you need a partner. So if yeah. you can find a partner. Absolutely. But that is feminism, right? To be yeah. able to find people who you can support and can support you, right? Like, I, yeah, I don't think the idea of feminism as the lone wolf yeah. is, for me, it's always just been about trying to create a world in which we don't have to say how nice it is that someone saw us as a complete person, right? Like that, that's it. Low bar, just bad. But so you're together, that surprise one, you fell into marriage. Yeah, I fell into marriage. That's when I was pregnant, no. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I know how you got married. Yeah, I know. Oh, so surprising. No, I, I think uh, it took us a while, you know, to decide whether we wanted to be parents because we're also yeah. very, he's also grown up um, uh, for a lot of his life in the United States. He, you know, so he had a certain way of thinking, you know, about things. And it's all right because I think, you know, I think you if you meet your partner in your late 20s or early 30s, I definitely think that you're more set in your ways, you know, uh, you're already you know what you like, you know what you don't like. And then to sort of come together and find a common set of likes or dislikes or learn to, you know, sort of meander with each other. Yeah. That is a very, uh, it's it's a lifelong process. I don't think we're ever done. But the fact that there are certain things that really inspired me, you know, to have my second child, you know, I just thought to myself that, because, you know, I think my work has always been very stressful. Uh, It has always involved a lot of travel, whether I was an engineer or, whether I was racing professionally, it has always taken me out of the house. And so I had a lot of fears about <clears throat> what that would mean for my independence, because I knew that, you know, no matter what I chose, yeah, you know, I would probably go back to that itinerance because that is what sort of sets my worldview. You know, it shows me that all our grief and all our joys or highs are not permanent, you know, because you just travel a hundred miles and you're in a t- different reality, you know? And so I was very afraid, but I think, you know, I was so busy, 
just being this neurotic first time mother <laughs> <laughs> all that went away and uh, and you you asked about uh, you asked a good question about creating you know the yeah. act of writing the book uh, while i was you know feeding or whatever and i think that it gave me a lot of sort of deadlines to look forward to you mm. know and also to tell my i was in this kind of a, a little proustian uh, room you know and yeah. and i knew that uh, you know from the time i woke up to the time i slept i was in service of only one thing you know because i i fed both my kids for the first year so there was no yeah. getting away from that or even if you know if i wanted to get away it would not be beyond two days or three days or whatever the case may be but i i completely knew that i was in service of a life that was not my own right and so i felt easy, it felt easier for me that that decision had been made you know and then i just took the moments of quiet as the time to write and i find that in my case you know i must say that we had very little help you know we didn't have extended uh, family around us you know we were in a different country so it was just me and my husband you know and yeah. it also helped us negotiate between ourselves you know what this meant yeah and at the end of the first year or the second year my husband could see that you know this is not this is not a single person's job and one person working out of the house and one person taking care of the child was just never going to work for us you know because yeah. he, he, that's not what he wanted for me so i think that conversation was always evolving and because he allowed me to make the choices that i wanted you know rather than making me feel uh, what do you say beholden to him you know because he's my husband yeah, i said yeah, that <laughs> but the reason i chose to have another baby is really that you know i think children need someone outside their parents to figure out whether it's their parents that screwed them up or yeah. if it was them or if it's them, them yeah somebody else right yeah perfect yeah. i think we live in too small uh, a house to uh, i'm constantly like i would like to see that experience i would like to not actually witness that experience yeah. can you guys go like bond or beat the shit out of each other like over they if i didn't hear it it would be so think, much yeah. nicer my parents couldn't hear me and my sister you know uh screwing each other up so that would be you know space yeah. is very helpful or noise canceling headphones. Yeah. So you have the second mm. child and I know at least for me you know we wanted to and they're like 4 years 3 4 yeah. years apart and that worked for us but you know for me it has felt like it has elongated my time to back to independence. Yeah. You know like full real independence. Like um, my youngest needs supports that I didn't think I would have to provide a kid right mm-hmm. like i mean because you think oh i'm going to have a kid and th- this is what our life will be like yeah and then you're like this is not at all what my life is like or going to be like right and so i think there is and then you start to think is there does he need it or is it just me have i just created this all in my mind right <laughs> because i like struggle right <laughs> like yeah. it, I'm like what level of hell am I in right now? And how much of it have I created and how much of it has been created for me because of my wild 20s. So, you know, I I what do you wrestle with? Like what are what are you what do you wrestle with? See, I think I figured out very early in life that, you know, women can never get it right. You know, we will never be told you got it right. Good good job. You know, nobody is going to come at it. <laughs> even when thinking about the gap between children right everybody says you know oh it shouldn't be too long right. then you struggle or oh it should be 3 years or it should be 4 years you need a chance to breathe 
either way you do it you're damned because you're the mother right you're the you're the yeah. person that's giving giving life or whatever and i feel like so i i think for me and this is also because of the family i'm from right. you know, i'm sort of surrounded by you know for the most part of course i meet all kinds of assholes but you know the people i'm surrounded by <laughs> for the most part you know i feel like you know i surround myself with the people that whom i don't need to take permission from for anything you know and i think it doesn't work all the time you know i am i'm extreme you know i know people judge uh, working women a lot you know and i think sure. that the world is extremely cruel to mothers you know i i i definitely think that and i think maybe that is the seed of the artist you know in me because yeah. i felt you know at some point i couldn't hold it anymore you know i just couldn't keep it in my heart to to say these were my private experiences you know i'm going to die like colin firth you know i'm going to be the perfect yeah. if upper lip i'm sorry i am not yeah. going to die like that yeah. i have to say you know and also i'm like Bleh. and so yeah. that's basically what led to the book but what happened with that book was it went to a film market and somebody wanted to make a film out of it but the funny thing is in bollywood everybody that wanted to make the film was a man right yeah. because they were so drawn to the physicality of the sport but they didn't respect the fact that it's a woman's story woman. and then you're thinking oh, yeah. yeah yeah i don't need this you know i've yeah. already been yeah i've already been dunked in beer on my first run you know i so i ended my first 5k smelling like budweiser no thank you you know yeah. so, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I've been mailed enough, you yeah. know, with yeah. subpar beer. Well, that is interesting. I appreciate someone accepting the damnation of womanhood yeah. and motherhood. But you're right, the because you're you're damned if you work, yeah. and then you're damned if you don't. But you're damned even more because they don't consider what you're doing as work. Yeah, and I think that's that's really unfortunate. Do you like yeah. that, everybody? Did you like that really just like mind-blowing gem I just gave you? It's disappointing that they don't. So what's next? What do you want to do next? You just have like, you're like, I, I love it. You're like, uh, did it, done it, want to do it, did it, done it, want to do it again, did it, done it. What do you want to do next? So I just want to uh, first, you know, profess and say that, you know, this year has been one of the hardest in my life, right? Because of lots of things, a lot of great relatives passed away yeah covid didn't allow us to go home and visit even for funerals you know so all of that has come down to a boiling point you know and this year also sure. personally yeah very very difficult so i'm not an instagram uh, lover you know i think that i have lots of imperfect moments and bad hair days in fact though that's my normal actually you know uh, yeah. you know like this it takes me 3 hours you know just to put on yeah. the and the lipstick <laughs> <laughs> but i just want to say you know the next thing i'm working on is a feature film i'm trying to make a feature film and i'm taking a new show to the edinburgh fringe this year it's called blimp it's about making a you know a, a woman trying to make a film and what that what that means because you are right this is an extremely male dominated uh, neck of the woods you know and yeah. as much as we talk about equality and that big english word egalitarianism you know uh, sorry it's not up for everyone to grab yeah. and yeah. Yeah, I'm just taking a, a little detour uh, at the fringe this year again, but it's a shorter run. It's like 17 days because I really want to take some time off. I think that I feel like I'm in my senior year with my filmmaking and my junior year with my comedy. Right. You know, it's, it's really a lot of pressure and but it's all self-inflicted because at this point nobody's, you know, you're not making <laughs> money as an artist, right? I mean, <laughs> it comes in it's just going out, you it goes know. Goes right away, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you handle like a sieve, you know. You're like, where is what am I doing this for? Like nothing's coming in. I, well, you, you're doing it to get covered in Budweiser. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
small joys small <laughs> read the footnote yeah, yeah. Uh, and i'm hoping that the new show is something that people will like because you know i made a very interesting discovery earlier this year when i was workshopping my new show which is that the parts i think are most boring about me are the yeah. parts that people want to know more about sure it's a, it's a it's a self inflicted mask so i'm trying to sort of get rid of that and see where this new show goes it's it's far more i think it's a little more angry than my first show you know in the first show i was very polite you know like, oh, come and see I, me yeah. i know you had a little bow yeah but i like angry yeah. and and but i think long ago before children i did sketch comedy in new york with three other women mm-hmm. and that was very rare at the time which is so stupid but a, a lot of times people would leave saying you're really funny but you're really angry mm-hmm. like they could not it was always hard to navigate and yeah. then this was 15 years ago right 15 20 years ago and it was always very hard to navigate the like well yeah we are angry i mean mm-hmm. I, i i can i can't count on both hands i need like eight more hands the reasons that i'm so angry and using humor to deal with it i always thought was the right thing to do i remember we were i was watching i was working at a outdoor theater in virginia as the house manager which just meant i slept like beer and cokes around and you know cleaned garbage cans it was one of my favorite jobs but the guy who ran like the house manager he was a real sexist asshole and it was like one of those places where you like kind of forget it exists until you step in it and you're like wow you really talking to me like that like that is crazy anyway there was a band coming through they were called the uppity blues women and they wrote funny songs about men yeah and they were very fun and he was like i don't understand why this is funny what they're doing they're just insulting men and i said you are so lucky that they are channeling this into comedy because yeah. if women didn't have comedy we would burn it the fuck down yeah. you do not want the anger really focused like laser point right and i just remember it was a hard choice of like accessibility versus real truth and honesty and i think that's still a delicate balance and yeah. i don't say that to be like be careful they don't like an angry woman i fucking love angry women those are my people but i wonder how you as a artist and as a writer and as a comedian how you work with that see i i completely agree with you that you know comedy all forms of comedy is some kind of therapy you know whatever yeah. you want to call it right you want to call it um, a way of dealing with things coping whatever you want to call it and it's a healthy alternative right or as was endurance sport which is extremely addictive and insular if you think about it right we were yeah. training 40 hours of the week you know that's not healthy particularly if you think about it in retrospect right um, <laughs> you know as is all professional sport not, as is parenting not yeah. as healthy as i thought it was going to be definitely <laughs> <laughs> and for me comedy is a way of coping i am yeah. very clear about that because i think being a woman director means you cannot ever be direct you know especially if you're making your own work uh, it's very difficult to call the shots because people are not not used to that and they right. have to find a way to maneuver which i hate because i'm very i hate that too you should be able to say 
fucking yeah. make the shot like that. And yeah. then and that yeah. and that be it. And people say, yeah. okay. But you're yeah. right. There's that weird nuanced how, it's like you going back to your mom and saying, yeah. you know, yeah. they had a way of making things happen without yeah. Yeah, and I think the world is getting more and more complicated. You know, we are we are sort of apportioning permission. We are apportioning yeah. authenticity. We are apportioning who gets to say what in which place in which circumstance, yeah. which is a death threat for a writer. You yeah. know, you don't. Oh do yeah, that. you don't do that. You don't tell me what to write or how who you know who I'm so right. you know because I can't control what is coming into my head. You know, and <laughs> if I, I am truly to take you know i think the what separates a good writer from a great writer is someone who can take the both the both the points of view right yeah. if there is an antagonist and a protagonist who can really get into the skin of both those people you know i am i am you know i and i feel like that is what the craft is you know so to to say you know oh the, you know whatever the navel gazing terms are these days is is very, yeah. very damning it's very yeah. damning but i think the way i deal with this is to really um you know i think comedy is a lot about getting the laughs right so i have simplified sure. it as you know wh- why am i doing this i'm doing this because i want to go out laughing right i right. know my time on this earth is limited and i don't want to i don't want to fuss through it i want to make pe- two people smile and i want to have a good time myself and bye bye right but i think in terms of the the material you create i think you're very much a child of your circumstances right or whatever you go through in that year and i think women comedians we are extremely unsafe you know the the buck is really not in our corner if you're a mother and starting to gig oh my god i was in new york city two yeah. two weeks ago and i'm thinking to myself who thinks this is fun you're you're dealing with club owners who don't they don't even want to see your face yeah. you're dealing with people that are unsafe every way you travel i'm so i mean i have no mis- i have no apprehensions about where i am i know i'm in new right. york city. i understand everything i'm i'm i've traveled all over the world so i'm no yeah. i'm not being dumb here i'm just saying where is the pleasure where is where is where is the pleasure in just the process of doing what you're doing and i think when you find that <laughs> in the picture, you know it's, it's, so, it's, true. it's so true it's so true they're horrible and instead of you know um letting that bog me down i think i started to convert you know st- started to try to pivot you know as you say you know to sort of because they say the lowest point of despair is actually a laugh you know when a man is really broken or a woman is really broken they're not going to they, they there's no nothing more coming down the eyes you know it's more like oh you're going to laugh and that's that's unfortunate but that's true and i think that for me you know i know why i do the comedy you know and i know what about it draws me right it's mm-hmm. not uh, it it is the applause at the end of the day but it's also sure. it's also standing my ground and saying stand up is really about ideas you know i am not required to only make fun of my body or the way i look or pander you know to what you yeah. want me to say because i think you're right you know this thing about apportioning to say you know oh you're too angry for the stage you're too this i find that i find that very i mean what does that mean what does yeah, that what mean what does it mean it's only it's really that's only a feedback for women yeah, that's not absolutely. a feedback no you're correct about that you're correct about that i think that is exactly correct and i love uh, zarna garg you know she's a new york comedian who's you know amazing she's an indian mom and uh, she posted something recently where somebody told a very old thespian um have check out my imdb page and she reverted to him you know, check out mine you know because <laughs> i've been in the industry too asshole you know like yeah 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 you know? so <laughs> i just feel like you know it's fine you know they face it at their level so who am i to complain i'm like the bacteria in the bottom of the pond you know so i <laughs> i am not no complaints just like oh, <laughs> Now all I want to do is hang out and be really angry with you about everything all the time. And that just like 
Yeah, there's something joyful about I sometimes when I'm at my angriest, I think about my good friend who I did comedy with, but she, you know, her secret is she's always angry. And we would go to like clubs and like after shows, we would, you know, they'd turn on like a DJ and we'd start dancing. And like all it took was like one person to shove into us for us to just turn into like anarchy. Just like I am going to passive aggressively dance, attack you. And it just was like, oh, just like all that rage in a dance pit was so much fun. I think I was in that club, actually. Yeah, yeah. you may have been. Yeah, sorry. Sorry if we accidentally <laughs> aggressively. I'm not allowed to go to concerts anymore where you have to stand up because I'm like that one drunk person sashaying yeah. back towards me. I'm like, I'm going to shove that person to the ground. Yeah, and I think it's so funny that in this day and age, you know, we're talking about empowerment and everything. And, oh, I know. You know, our, our women's safety is crap. Oh. It's crap. So don't, you know, like I just find that to be, I don't know, I, I have sleepless nights thinking about it, of course, you know, because yeah. I'm out and alone and I've been in lots of dicey situations, you know, in yeah. the past. So I feel very afraid sometimes, but I, I also think, you know, it's the smaller things that need fixing. You know, so don't, before you tell us how angry we sound, like maybe just allow us to walk through a crowd without being groped, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very nice. That would be, that would be, that would be nice. That would be nice. I'd like to, you know, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we will not go down all of those paths because we could. I know. And we, we don't want the internet to explode with estrogen rage. All right. Well, Anu, I, I, I love you. Me we're too. going we're going to be best friends and we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to share some genius and fails and uh, listen to some callers and tell them what a horrible job they're doing as well. So everybody stick around. We'll be right back. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Electric E-Bikes. Father's Day is over, but celebrating dads or the dad figures in your life should happen all year. Stefan uses his Electric E-Bike to take the books up to the library and loves it. Riding bikes is also an experience that he does with our oldest and they go out and they ride and it is just a wonderful way to get outside celebrate dad all month long and give the gift of adventure with electric e-bikes visit electricebikes.com to learn more and explore the epic models electric has to offer that's l-e-c-t-r-i-c ebikes.com All right, class, tomorrow's exam will cover the science of perfect pitch, the history of pride flags and speedrunning video games. Any questions? Ah, yes, you in the back. Uh, what is this? It's the podcast, Let's Learn Everything. Where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom, I study cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's Caroline and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella, I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So do I still get credit for this? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> 
obviously not. No. It's a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. All right. Anu, this is our Genius Fail segment, where we share our geniuses of the week and our failures. I, as host, will begin. Yes. My genius is uh, movie theaters. I, we did, no one's going to summer camp this year, everybody, because I guess I don't make kids that fit well at a summer camp situation. <laughs> I'm like, do I want to hear more complaining that they're bored and have nothing to do or spend a lot of money for them to come home and say that they hate where they are? This year, I'm trying the bored side. Anyway, but I was like, everybody's old enough to just go to a fucking movie. And I have decided that camp biz this year is going to be going to movie theaters, investing my money in movies and popcorn. And like, that is a good chunk of day just right there. And if it's the same movie, I will see Spider-Verse 18 times this summer and I will be fine. I will sleep well. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You mom are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius. All right, Anu. My genius. Yes. Uh, So my son recently said to me that he wanted to be in theater, right? Amateur, a child, like children's theater. And I said, uh, I can't help you with that. Clearly, I'm never at home. I know, I know. (laughs) But he said, but don't you make movies? I mean, can you not help me? And I said, no, no, I don't think I can. Um, and my uh, younger one, you know, wanted to have all these books about princesses being read, you know, um, which is excruciating because, you know, oh, it you is. Read, yeah, horrible books that uh, basically sort of rehash the story, the movies. Yeah. With these high gloss prints or whatever. And I don't even know where, I think we went to a secondhand store. So it was my fault that I took her to the bookstore. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. How <laughs> dare you? And, uh, the, the genius idea I had was that, you know, he would perform to her while reading her books. And I said, you know, if you really want the part, you know, you have to learn to play a woman because, you know, it's your versatility that sort of gets you the job. (laughs) I think it's sold on my bullshit so far, Uh, but it's only been about 15 hours. So check with me tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) This is genius. This is all actors have to be able to play all genders and they have to read aloud every day. Every day. That is, that's actually pretty genius. I see what you did there, and it's pretty smart. I'm going to steal that idea from my parenting book. Anyway, I'm just kidding. There's no parenting book. Thank you, Biz. I am. This is a genius. Um, It is my 44th birthday, and I am at the zoo because I love the zoo, and I love the animals, and I love standing there staring for a long time at every animal. And my son also enjoys the zoo, but he enjoys running as quickly as he can from the animal he likes to the next animal he likes, ignoring all the other animals. And so he's not here. I had my spouse and my parents do all of the pickup from school and taking him to his appointments. And I just dropped him off this morning. And then I played a video game and I went to the zoo. And the greatest thing is it's June. So this place is full of kids right now. They're mostly on school trips. 
And so if I want adorable children being adorable, I just need to look around. But if I see a child who's doing something they don't, they shouldn't be doing, it is not my problem. It is somebody else's problem. I can just relax and that kid can do whatever the fuck they want. I don't have the slightest bit of responsibility for it. And it's great. And I saw a camel. I stared at a camel for a long time. My son would never stare at a camel for a long time. It shook its head. It ate some grass. It was And uh, now I'm staring at a robin. And it's pretty great. And I hope that you have days sometime soon that are this good. And take care. Thank you so much for all you're doing. You're doing a great job. And oh, my fucking God, so am I. Yeah! You are doing a good job. I, I bet, I mean, okay, obviously, Anu, there's a genius in going to the zoo by yourself. It's perfect. Absolutely. I go for all kinds of therapy. I took my kids to the Brooklyn Zoo, I think, on the day that the fires came in. And I thought, man, is is it the is it the animals? I mean, is it is it yeah. because of New York? I'm a foreigner. I don't understand why it's so hazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had three asthma attacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I love the zoo. <laughs> I get, but I love. To me, I feel like the real genius is mm. like like it's like being an explorer, not yeah. bringing your own children somewhere filled with children, yeah. and just getting to be like. I don't have any fucking responsibility here. This is like where you see parents with the kids melting down and you're like, you're doing a good job. Yeah, It's yeah. okay. I get you. I mean, it looks like I'm a single mom, single lady with no children, but I'm not. I've but, just yeah. left mine somewhere else. Yeah, and exactly. Coming to this child experience and enjoying it. I love it. The basis of all comedy is, you know, finding the inner child in you. So I'm so happy she took that time. I'm so happy. She's like, I stared at a camel. Yeah. And it was good. And I love it. I love it. All right. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Okay. As I have mentioned, I hate summer. It is apparently my fun. Movies aside, movies and video games aside, it turns out that my youngest is bored and it is my fault. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to uh, give some unsolicited advice here. When your child tells you they're bored and you give them ideas, they're not going to like any of those ideas. <laughs> And even though you say to yourself, stop giving them ideas, self, because it doesn't fucking matter, you can't stop yourself because you're like, you can say, good, good, I'm glad you're bored, enjoy, go be bored in your room, right? That doesn't seem to work. Why can't you just help me do something? And then I'm like, I, I, I've given you 18 ideas and we all know that the last one's going to be cleaning, you know? <laughs> ah! And then they run. But even then, like 10 minutes later, they're like, I'm bored. It's your fault. And I'm like, so I'm, I am doing a horrible job, I guess, just not giving in to every whim my child would like me to whim fulfill. So (laughs) that's, that's my fail. I'm ruining his life. I think you're a good, I think you're a very good mother. Don't, uh, don't. Thank you. 
Yeah, it just gives you a biceps every time you have a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, they're, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're down here. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had a fail recently. I tried to blame all the gray hairs on my head, right? I said, um, you know, it's because of you too. You know, how could yeah. you do? How could you? And then um, I think the young woman turned to me and said, uh, so what have you been doing to grandma? <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. That was too easy. That was too easy. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're doing a horrible job, clearly, but also you've raised some sort of genius comedian savant like that. No, no. This was too much. I I needed to go to therapy immediately afterwards. Oh, I know. Well, yeah. And how... (laughs) Don't share your feelings with your children because they'll come back. That was, you know, obviously also part of it. So... Shame, shame. Everybody's <laughs> got gray hair now as yeah, a result. Exactly. Ah! It's all their ah! fault, <laughs> at least in this house. Yeah. No. Ah! In this house, it's all my fault. It's all your fault. I love it. All right. Let's just be put to shame here. <laughs> Hi, this is a fail. So in general, I have been failing by just feeling, not by feeling. But by not handling my feelings of anger and agitation that naturally come along with this parenting thing, haven't been handling them super great, okay? (laughs) And my four-year-old has kind of picked up on that. And so this morning, I was asking her or telling her, time to get dressed. And she said, stupid man. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh. That's not a nice thing to say. I don't remember what I said. Probably the wrong thing. (laughs) And she said, you said it yesterday at the gas station. I have no recollection of this. But I'm sure I did. So I'm failing by teaching my child to say things like that when she's angry because apparently that's what I'm doing. But maybe I'm winning in teaching her about the patriarchy? I don't know. Well, I'm failing. I'm doing a terrible job. Thank you for doing a great job. Thanks. Bye. Oh, yeah. Like we said, therapy for years. Because uh, you, you're sharing your feelings publicly in front of, hey, you shouldn't be sharing them publicly at all. I mean, you're a woman. Stop it. Uh, but to do it in front of your child, well, now you're a monster. Now, now you're a monster. And... I don't know. I think you're secretly doing a good job because if stupid man is like the worst thing, like we had that kid a couple of weeks ago on the show who was like fucking weeds about weeds. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> it's a tough one. It's, it's a tough one. Yes. Yes. You're doing a horrible job. Never have emotions, never have feelings and definitely just keep it all crammed down inside as much as possible. and Pretend like you're enjoying it every day and then you'll win. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how only mothers are put to this requirement, you know, not all right? the world had where men are melting down, you know, and sending armies to take care of their mental problems. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Come on. I mean, it is one mom and one child. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, again, you're lucky that that's all that your kid like repeated at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Do not worry. Don't worry. But this is where we all like to tell you that you're doing a horrible job and you should really beat yourself up over this. Overthink it. Wake up at around two in the morning. Really, really uh, think about this because it's 
not actually that important to think about. You're doing an amazing job. Speaking of amazing jobs, Anu, you are doing a remarkable job at apparently multiple things. Don't worry. I'm sure their failures spread throughout. Huge, huge amount of brain farts and actual farts. So yes. 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 Oh, yes. Man, <laughs> this house is built on farts, yes. apparently. All of the things you have done, you're a badass and I love it. And I wish you the greatest luck on this new show that you're working on and in getting a feature film made. We're going to link everybody up to where they can see some of your short films as well as find out more about your comedy and where you will be performing. Totally. Thank you so much. And I just, I, however I can help support you, just let us know because I think you're great. I think, uh, you know, I love, you know, portions of time where you spend, where you feel delighted yourself, you know, which is getting rarer and rarer, you know. So I think I I just want to say I had the best time for the last uh, how many ever minutes we've been on. And (laughs) thank you for having me. And I really appreciate everything you've done. And yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will talk again soon, I hope. Absolutely. Adios. Bye. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. Wombat Mother is supported in part by EarthBreeze. As parents and as people in the world, I have overthought my consumption of plastics. Detergent bottles are huge plastic jugs. A, they're heavy, they're inconvenient, they have to live publicly in my kitchen because I don't have a space for laundry supplies, and they're only going to wind up in landfills, oceans, and harming our planet and marine life. And I know that we all want to find a better way. Earth Breeze laundry detergent eco sheets look like dryer sheets, but they're not. They are liquidless laundry detergent that dissolves 100% in any wash cycle, hot or cold. I signed up for an Earth Breeze subscription and I have already gotten in a very small envelope a whole supply of earth sheets. It does over 60 loads and I can stick them in a drawer. Switch from the old fashioned goo to something new. Right now, our listeners can subscribe to Earth Breeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash badmother to get started. That's earthbreeze.com slash badmother for 40% off. earthbreeze.com slash badmother. Hey, let us guess. You love books, but wish you had more time to read. Or maybe you used to read a lot, but life has gotten in the way, kids, grad school, you name it. Maybe you don't know where to start and bookish social media is overwhelming. How do people on TikTok read so many books? Oh my God, I don't know. And maybe you've been reading the same book for six months and now it's permanently attached to your bedside table. Maybe you don't even know what you like to read anymore. We're reading glasses and don't worry, we got you. We'll get you back into reading and help you enjoy books again. Reading Glasses, every week on Maximum Fun. All right, everybody. It is time to listen to a mom 
have a little bit of a rant. Hello, this is a rant. Um, I just got a message from my in-laws saying that they are hosting Father's Day at their house on Sunday. That is five days away as of right now, and we live almost six hours' drive away from them. Um, they did this same thing for my husband's grandfather's 90th birthday, where they waited until the last possible second to say, hey, everybody, we're hosting a thing. And I get it. They don't have a ton going on every single day of their lives, so they can kind of go by the seat of their pants for these things, and, you know, they can plan it for whatever they want. But we've got two kids in school. My husband works full-time. I work kind of a variable schedule, but, like, I need more than a couple of days' notice to plan things and get my life together to to participate in these things that we want to participate in. Ugh. And it's just, ugh. I know we've got family that lives closer to them and will be able to participate, but even they've got stuff going on. They can't always <laughs> just drop things at the last minute. I don't know. Just trying to schedule things with kids is hard enough. Doing it at the last second makes it just doubly hard. Um, whatever we end up doing, I know I'm doing a good job, and uh, you are too. Thanks for the hotline. Bye. Yeah, this is really, first of all, you're doing an amazing job. You really, you really are. And this is, this isn't about in-laws. It isn't about, it. this all goes back to that, like, feeling that nobody sees you as a person with kids in your house. And yeah, absolutely. In-laws, grandparents, aunts, uncle, people who have had children already leave their house or maybe never have kids. Yeah, they do have great flexibility. And they're not having flexibility at you. We all know that's true. But it can make you feel invisible when it feels like any consideration for how you might get there, when you get there, any of those things. And if you are the person who does not live super close, six hours is a long way away. Thank you. That is like a different state. Like in six hours, I like, I, if I was in Alabama, I could be in over like five different states within six hours. That is, I, or I could get on a plane. So, like, six hours is like, do I drive it or do we fly it? That is a lot of time. And whether consciously or not, it can put you in a situation where you feel like you're the people who can never come. You can never make it. They don't even want to come and see us anymore. Like, they, we invite them, but then they never can come. And it's... It's hard, like, it's, it, that's like one of those things that happens very organically, because sometimes you have to choose not to go because of situations. And, uh, uh, I'm just sorry. I'm just sorry. I, there, there is literally too much to do uh, every day, all the time. And it's not like you don't want to go. It's not like you don't want to be there. It's just one of those things. <laughs> See? And pre-kids, I could say, five days? That's plenty of time. Ah! Ah! I don't know. I don't know if it is anymore. I don't know what the appropriate amount of time is. 
to plan anything anymore. But I do know that you are doing a remarkable job. It's a lot to balance. And I see you. I see that you have too much going on and that planning things is difficult. You are seen and you are remarkable. Everybody, you're all remarkable. And I I just want to say, I... I think anger is good. I think finding ways to express it or channel it in more constructive ways is a challenge and a goal. But I I think we do need to be careful of limiting what emotions we're allowed to have or feel around kids or with kids or because we're women or because you're a young boy or because really like I you know oh no anger's bad I'm not sure it is it can be when ignored and not channeled or you know I don't know crammed down deep with all the other emotions but I think that's something we should be okay feeling I'm working hard on being okay feeling it so You are all doing a very good job, and let's all try to remember that everybody's just doing whatever they can to get through, and no one's doing it at you, and it's summer, and let's enjoy the bar being as low as it possibly can be. Low bars are very fun. You have to be careful in flip-flops. It's easier to trip. But I'm okay with that. It's better than knocking your head off on a bar that's set too high. There's your profound moment for the day. I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, my husband, Stephen Lawrence, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things. And of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.